Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Hmm. When you have purpose, you have movement. If the power is not here, you haven't activated the power. Is there, an, act, is there a, a, an ability to activate the power of God in the air today? Well, then you've got to move. You've got to find your purpose. Because the power of God responds to your movement. Do you understand that God has so much more for you today? Like, you're, you're all looking at me today. Every, last week we were jumping, we were hopping, we we're excited. You know, there's a seed implant and everything. But now we're talking about the purpose of the seed and everybody's real somber. God has more for you, much, much more, than you can possibly get a hold of. And the blessing you receive while in the pursuit of the vision or your purpose is not nearly as important as what you become on your way or stretching to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wants you to have a purpose so that along the way in incremental values He can transform your life. That's what He wants to do. And He wants to be able to transform your life in a way that when someone that you used to hang out with sees you, they know that you're different because He's given you an incremental change. Wow, what happened to him the other day? Like he didn't, he, di he didn't cuss like he used to. He didn't drink with the boys. He, he wasn't going to no clubs. He was hanging out with the family. He was teaching the boys. He was doing what he was supposed to do. What is wrong with this cat? He never used to be that way. It's because when God begins to implant the seed into your life, the purpose begins to take flight in your mind. See, when you begin to speak the vision that God has for you out of your own life, there is something in the fibers of your being that begin to change who you are. See, I'm not the same old guy that I used to be. Listen, the same old guy, Brian, he used to fight. And he used to cuss like a sailor. Any sailors in the room? You know what I'm talking about. Listen, I, I had a guy the other day said, listen, you, listen you, you, you cuss, but you cuss worse than the sailors do. Like, I don't even cuss like that. What I'm telling you, when God changes you, there is visual notice that God has changed you. Your purpose will never take flight. Your purpose will never grow in the small seed that he has implanted in you unless you allow him to touch you. He's got to touch you in order for your purpose to grow. You know, sometimes God does things. He says, go, and we don't know. And there's many times in my life that he's told me to go, and I, and I didn't know where to go or what to do. I just went. But I'm not even talking about that today. I can't ask you to do that. But I can tell you that if you create a culture in your family of purpose, then the purpose will transform or it will roll down to your children. 
Listen, if you do not teach your children, somebody else will teach your children. And, and, and if you don't bless your children, if, if you don't teach your children manners, someone else would teach your children to be ill-mannered. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is your job as parents. Don't come to the church and ask us to teach your kids manners. You should be doing that at home. There is a plethora of things that you should be doing at home. Don't blame it on the church when your child comes to church and they don't know how to act. Oh, I'm in trouble. But we want to invest in you here. I don't get up here just to preach another message. I want you to be changed when you walk out the door. God wants to invest in you. Jesus Christ wants to invest in you. And so in order to do that, we can't come to God like entitled children. See, the thing is, is we have to know that He's done... Enough if he does nothing else. Today when you're sitting here you have to realize that Jesus Christ has done enough if he never does another thing for you. But because of his word, he allows in his word for us to ask one more time. Don't you understand that I need to ask sometimes? Don't you understand that I'm broken sometimes? Don't you understand that my life is so messed up that I don't know which way is up sometimes? And I need to ask a Savior that can help me. See, I don't know what type of God you've created today, but the type of God that sits on the throne is a God that can handle any issue. He can handle any problem. Listen, Kelly Covey, He can change your life, and you may not even know it's happening. He is on time every time. He's on time when you can't feel it. He's on time when you can't see it he dispatched someone before you ever knew that there was a problem and I'm here to declare to you today that if you get a hold of this purpose called Jesus Christ he will transform every fiber of your heart soul and mind hallelujah to his name Lord help me many of you are dealing with issues and you choose to continue to deal with issues health issues Financial issues, relational issues, career issues, addiction issues. The list goes on and on. But the Spirit of God, the seed that He has implanted in you, begins to say, I want to take care of you. I don't want you to worry about the problems, the situations, the struggle. I want you to rely on on your purpose in case you haven't figured it out yet your purpose is Jesus Christ he came to save he came to heal he came to deliver listen I don't care what is going on in your life you could have came through those doors and your life is wrecked it's upside down it's broken up listen and we got to put on a fancy face we got to have people think that we're doing the right thing but I want you to understand that when you walk through those doors your life may have been broken into pieces Jesus Christ is the puzzle maker and he can put it all back together <laughs> pastor I don't like it when you scream guess what I don't either I really don't I think you miss parts of the sermon but I can't help myself because God is great and he's greatly to be praised. we got to start acting like it. 
God is a great God and He can fix whatever your issue is. Let me explain this a different way. It's free to take a walk in the woods. Maybe you go on a trail or a hike. A lot of times in, the, in September our men go on one of the most beautiful hikes that I've ever seen in Dolly Sod Wilderness area. I love to say it. It's called Monongahela National Forest. We go hiking as a, a men's group. Love it. The guys get to sit and talk about real life. You know what I mean? Like stuff we don't talk about during the thing. And I think, I, to be honest with you, Brian, I think guys save them up. Like I'm waiting for September. And then they get out there and they're like, Bleh. like, oh, hold on a minute. But when you walk out on a trail, you can sit under a tree for free. And it'll provide shade. But that same tree, if it's cut down by a logger, that same tree is now worth $100. If, if you go even further, you can cut it down and you can cut it up and you can put some glue on it and it's worth more money. They want $300 for it because now you have a rocking chair. So what was free became something that was worth $100 that became something because you added a little glue and cut it into little pieces that was worth $300 because you changed its purpose. That's still not all. You take that tree and, and you bend it and you put it underwater and, and you mature it and you allow it to absorb the water and you can bend it to the way it goes. And it is the only product that you can use to create a boat. Once it dries out, it's bent, it's ready. So you can float. But now that product is worth $40,000. It's almost, we're, we're almost unable to afford it. Why? Because its purpose changed. See, you may be walking through your life today thinking, I'm broken. I feel weak. I don't have any purpose. There's no plan. I'm empty. But Jesus Christ wants to cut down the trees of your life. And he wants to begin to produce things out of what he has grown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when Jesus Christ begins to produce in you out of things that he has grown, oh, the sky is the limit. Listen, I want to be a boat. I want to be that thing that's only, um, that very few people can afford. Listen, but I want to allow all those people to pile on the boat and I want to take them to safety don't you understand that as your value increases God increases in your life and you become something very strong that people can get in I want people to be able to get in the boat when you discover God's value for your life you won't need someone to tell you you're somebody Kate and I were talking the other day. The toughest man in the room does not have to say they're the toughest man in the room. Do you know why? Everybody knows. The smartest person in the room never has to say they're the smartest person in the room. Guess why? Everybody knows. What I'm saying to you is you don't need anybody to tell you that you have great value because Jesus Christ came and died on a grueling, bloody cross because you are of great value. Bruce, would you come here a minute? 
I'm going to take you through some adversity, but if you go through some adversity, I'm going to bless you. Okay? Now, I already know what people are going to say, but in this envelope is a $100 bill. This will be the most expensive message I ever preach. This is a $100 message today. You always ask, sometimes I get a $5 message, sometimes I get a 10 Well, you're getting a $100 one today. Now, if I take this $100 bill and there's no sleight of hand, I want you to see I'm putting it in the envelope. Can you verify it's in, there? it's in there? It's in there. Go ahead and fold that up and then hand it back to me. Don't be taking the $100 bill out of there, Bruce. You ain't done nothing yet. Okay. If I take this $100 bill and I crumple it up, What's it worth? I'm not done with that. I'm going to stomp on it. What's it worth? I'm going to roll it around. I'm going to get it dirty. It's... What's it worth? So what if I pick it up? Bruce, what's it worth? $100. What if I spit on it, Bruce? It's worth $100. Will you take it? Right now, even though I spit on it, I stomped on it, it's bloody, nasty maybe. Will you take it? What if I rip it? You'll tape it back together, right? Well, I'm not going to do that because that's against the law, Bruce. But I'm going to give you $100. No, really, I'm going to give you $100. Have a seat. Here's what I want you to understand. I said, I'm going to give you $100. He said, what? Now, I know what people are going to say when they see this on Facebook. Well, they're paying people to come to church. Well, if I got to pay you, man. Here's what I want you to understand. In your life, you may be crumpled up. In your life, you may be stepped on. You may be bruised. You may be broken. But just like the U.S. government, God has applied something to your life called value. That $100 bill is worth $100 because the U.S. government said it was worth $100. So it doesn't matter if you're crumpled up. It doesn't matter if you're stepped on. It doesn't matter if you're bruised. What I want you to understand is there's still value applied to that $100 bill. Now, I can take that $100 bill, and it may have a $100 value, but if I keep that $100 bill in my pocket, it's just a piece of paper. So I want you to understand that in order to fulfill your purpose, you have to give out the currency that God has put in your life you have to allow it to be used because a hundred dollar bill is great in my pocket but if I do the right thing with it it will multiply so Bruce I expect you to bring me a thousand next week its value is determined by the government it's worth a hundred whether it's messed up. It's worth a hundred whether it's stepped on. It's worth a hundred whether it's crumpled. It's worth a hundred whether it's spit on. It's worth a hundred whether it's bruised. It's worth a hundred whether it's battered. The same with your life. You may be bruised. You may be battered. You may feel like you're broken. You may feel like you're messed up. But I want you to understand that Jesus Christ on the cross applied value to your life when he applied purpose to your life. So no matter what someone tells you, your life is a value. As a matter of fact, it's not just a value. It's a treasure. You have a great value in the kingdom. 
when you put your purpose into God's plan. Maybe in your life you feel worthless and helpless. People walk around all the time. I hear them say, I'm trying to find myself. You ever heard that? Well, if I really don't understand that. Because if I'm trying to find myself, what am I, how do I know what I'm looking for? I, I, I don't know because I haven't found myself. So why would I even go looking? Right? They say, I'm trying to find myself. Well, here's what you have to understand. That's the craziest talk I ever heard of. Because when Jesus Christ made you, whether you serve him or whether you don't, he gave you a purpose. Well, pastor, I don't know what my purpose is. Find your purpose in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because if you don't, you're going to go with your friends. And you're going to talk about your day. And you're going to talk about how your life is messed up. As a matter of fact, you might even say, you know what, I don't like my job. So I need to get a new job. Hoping every day that you'll find your purpose. But your purpose is not contingent on the way you feel. Do you think that there are days that I, I get up and I'm thinking, I don't want to go to church. <laughs> i got to preach to those people again. Listen, you all are great in everything. But sometimes we just get tired. Do you know that every message that we preach is the same? <gasps> no way. Yeah, it just has a different title. It's the same thing. It's trying to get you to your purpose. It's trying to get you to realize that you're not empty. You're not broken. You're not, the way you feel is not the way that God sees you. And so we get up every day. Listen, the council puts their pants on every morning thinking, I'm going to pray for this church. We want to develop this church. We want this church to grow and so that Jesus Christ can be seen all over the community. But there are times that we don't want to do it. There are times that we get weird. You know why? Because I'm just like you. I am just like you. I told you about backslid in the fast lane. I am just like you. I have days that, man, I'm on fire. I have services where I feel like that my coattail is on fire. But there are days. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I don't like you, and you're ugly. <laughs> and I still say, how are you? We're so glad to see you. When I want to be like, come on. See, in the church world, we put on cliches. We try to act right, do right, be right, right? You ever been to a church like that, Wayne? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's how most churches are. We don't do that here. You know, because you are what you are, and guess what? I am what I am. And in order to give people the real Jesus Christ, you have got to be real. And so real is going to find me doing things that you don't like. And real is going to find you doing things that I don't like. But you, do you think that because I'm a, the pastor of Renovate Life Church of God, I love everything about Renovate Life Church of God? Newsflash, I don't. And you don't either. But what we do is because we have a purpose. Our purpose is to win. It's not the community. We say the community. But the purpose is to win the lost, the broken, the weak, the weary, and the stray. 
In order to fulfill our purpose, we don't have time to mess around. I don't have to tie, time to get on the phone with Betty better than you and say, oh, did you see what pastor gave out a $100 bill? Right in the service, he's going straight to hell. I don't have time for that. You know why? Because we've got a plan and we've got a purpose and we're moving forward. And if you know your purpose, guess what? You get on the boat because we're moving forward. God has a purpose. He has a plan. Listen, you can talk to people because you're being taught. If you're not being taught the word of God, each person in this room will eat each other because we are hungry for the word of God. You're hungry. And I want you to be fed. Your purpose drives you. Your purpose moves you along. David served the purpose of God in his own generation. In MacArthur, the reference point for direction is the red light. Anybody know why it's the red light? There's only one. And it's a crossroads. If I tell you go out of this parking lot, make a left, then make another left. You're on 93. Go to the red light. When you get to the red light, you're going to make a left, and you're going where? To Athens. If you make a right, you're going where? To Chillicothe. If you go straight, you're going to hit this little coal town called Wellston, and then you're going to skip over it to Jackson. If you make a right at the red light, you're going to go to Logan. And so no matter where you are, we may all be converging from different areas, but when we come to the understanding, if you go to the red light, you're going to find your direction. That's the same way with Jesus Christ. See, he's your reference point. See, we don't give directions like go down 93, make a left, it's 4.7 miles, and at 300 feet, make a right. No, we're like go down to the brick building on the left, there's a, a real weird uh, brick right there, it's kind of yellow. And you're like, what? Oh, you'll see it, I promise. Then you're going to go past that, and there's a half of a 76 sign. I mean, you can tell it's a 76 sign, but it's only got six. <laughs> you know we do that. And so we, we, we speak and we talk and we understand by our reference. Well, if Jesus Christ is your reference, you always fall back to him because it's the tendency of man to fall backwards. If he is your reference point, you always fall back to what you know. So what are you allowing in your life? Because if you're allowing everything else in your life, you're not allowing room for that reference point, Jesus Christ. Well, that's good stuff. I care who you are. We're all coming from different areas, different walks of life. But together, we have one reference, one direction, one purpose, one cause, one commitment, Jesus Christ. Do you know that I can tell you the people in this room that don't know their purpose? Every person in this room that doesn't know their purpose, I can pick you out. <gasps> Pastor, what makes you the psychologist in the room? Well, it's really simple. Because if you worry, I'm, I'm not talking about like 
a little worry, you know, that's normal. Everybody worries a little bit. But if you're constantly worried, if you're constantly angry, if you're constantly anxious and depressed, if you're constantly not knowing what's going on, you don't know your purpose. Because the Bible says that Jesus takes care of his people. Listen to what it says in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. What I'm saying is, you don't have to be anxious about your money. You don't have to be anxious about your family. You don't have to be anxious about anything when you know Jesus Christ. Because listen, Jesus Christ takes care of his righteous people. The word righteous is the Greek understanding of dikasuna. It means to be thoroughly connected to God. What it's saying is if you're thoroughly connected to me, I'm going to show you your purpose and you'll understand your purpose so you won't worry about everything like everybody else. What do you worry about? What are you anxious about? Do you know your purpose? David served the purposes of God. But you will never begin to discover it until you realize that that's why you're on planet earth. Your purpose is to serve the Lord. I'm on planet earth to serve the purposes of God. You're on planet earth to serve the purposes of God. If you're not doing that, the Bible has a word for all of us. It's called idolatry. The Bible says it's, it's idolatry to serve anything other than the purpose of God. Now, not everything's sin. You may do a lot of good things that are not sin, but if you're not serving the purpose of God, it's sin. I don't like that talk, Pastor. I'm just telling you what the Word says. You read it for yourself. I feel like an antique when I say things like that. Because people don't want to hear that they're a crude and idolatrous generation. They don't want to hear that. They want six flags over Jesus. But here's what I can't get you to understand. See, the reason that some of you feel like this anxious anxiety inside your heart right now when I say idolatry is because you really want the things of this world instead of the things of God. But, and, and so I know that you don't understand because when you have the purpose of God in your life, everything you do is better. From the getting up in the morning to the going to bed at night. Everything that you are is better. Listen, when God, when you serve the purpose of God, you'll be a better husband. When you serve the purpose of God, you'll be a better wife. When you serve the purpose of God, you'll be a better employee. You'll be better at whatever it is you do because you've served the will and purpose of God. It's better. And so just the fact that you're getting anxious and excited about a word like idolatry means that you don't know what better is. I want you to know better. Because he's better than anything this world can manufacture or produce. He's better. Brian, would you come to the piano? The Bible says that he served the purpose... This is the second point for a generation. 
That means his whole life, David's whole life, was filled with a lifespan of people. He was able to affect and infect and impart the wisdom that God gave him to a whole generation. David served the purpose of God in his own generation. And the last thing I want to tell you is David fell asleep. David fell asleep. You may not have a lot of time to serve the purpose of God in your own generation. Maybe you've wasted your whole life looking to impart some kind of purpose to someone. God gave you the wisdom that he gave you through your circumstance. Because we wouldn't have that wisdom unless we've been through something. You know, my dad will be dead two years on Monday. I'll never forget where I was at. There are some events in your life that you'll never forget where you're at. The night before, we took a whole bunch of people. Sledding in Mansfield. I'm up there with half the church. And I get a phone call. And this is what the phone call said. It's your dad and he's not good. It's a three hour drive. From Mansfield back to Vinton County. I made that drive to the hospital, which was in Jackson, another 20 minutes, in exactly two hours. I wasn't stopping for nobody. Because we feel like when something like that occurs, that if we get there, we can change the circumstance. We feel like when something like that happens, that if we get there, we can just change the way that everything is. We, it doesn't have to be this way, but sometimes God says, yes, it does. In the middle of everything that is whirling around your life, your purpose may have been derailed. See, the, what, what, what I don't think everybody in this room understands is that everybody in this room has an individual purpose. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click Contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.